to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. How are we? We're good. Are we ready to hit this year hot? Woo! Uh, hang on a minute. 2020? Anyone else still doing a little processing of 2020 or is it just me? Come on, show me your hands. I know there's other people. Yeah, there we go, some honest people. That is awesome. In fact, when I hopped out of the car the other day in the car park, I stood on the dry, crunchy grass and I looked down and went, whoa, that's dead. And immediately Holy Spirit said to me, "Uh uh-uh, all the seeds of life required for that lawn to be green and lush are still there. They just need to position for a good watering. And I feel like that is what this morning is about. And I've I've been a little watery already. I don't know about you. I know Pastor Ben and Pastor Kay's got a little watery in the tank there. I did too. And the blessing. Oh, my gosh. So should have worn the waterproof mascara but did not. Apologies. Luckily, you can't see me that closely. So praying for hitting this year hot. I wasn't feeling hot, so prayer was required. And Holy Spirit impressed upon me one word, and the word was remain. And it came so strong, it was in all caps. So (laughs) in my mind's eye, this was what I knew I needed to speak about today because this is what God has for us today. It's part of his watering for us. And John 15 came to mind, so we're going to read that together. So in John 14, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's warning them, I'm going to leave, guys. I'm going to go to heaven. And he's talking about who he is and who the Father is. And he talks about Holy Spirit and he's trying to explain to his disciples this relationship. And then in John 15, he takes it a little bit further and he uses this grapevine metaphor to explain the relationship between Father and Son and disciples and the need for this relationship. So let's read this together. John 15, 1 says, I am the true vine, this is Jesus speaking, and my Father God is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it is even more fruitful. Verse 4, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Makes sense. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. So we've got a choice here. Much fruit, not just fruit, much fruit or nothing. It's not really a choice, is it? And the key to this is to remain in Jesus and for him to remain in us. Now, the word remain might sound a little stagnant. Remain, wait, stay behind. But it's not. It also means to endure, to persist, to hold on, to carry on, and actually to prevail. So there's an active part to this and a passive part. And it's about enduring and waiting, persisting and abiding. And that's life. Life is like that. It has its ups and its downs. It has its pauses and its sprints. And Jesus came to give us life to the full. And the way we get that full life is by remaining. 
And God made us for a relationship with him. We are designed for this. We see this from the very beginning in Genesis. Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden. God hung out with them. And through the whole New Testament, Jesus walks and talks and ministers and eats with his disciples. And he calls them friends. Guys, now it's our turn. And we get to be in close relationship with our God through the fellowship of Holy Spirit. And this is the same Spirit of God that Jesus said to his disciples, remain, wait in the book of Acts and this Spirit will come and empower you. All the more so still for us today, we need this. God doesn't want us to settle for just Sunday church, for knowing a little bit about him, believing that he exists. Yeah, I think there's a God, I guess. That's not what he wants. He wants a two-way active, alive, fruitful relationship. Remain in him, him in us. This is life to the full. This is having a fruitful, purposeful, hot 2021 and beyond. So how? Well, it's different for every person. That's the short answer. Because each of us is created individually. And Father God wants to meet us where we are at. So there is no one size fits all. There is nothing I can tell you today that is going to hit every person in the room. But there is something for everyone. And for me, I'm going to break it down into two parts. Remain in him and him in us. For me, remaining in him speaks of the secret place where we deep dive into his presence, where it's just me and Jesus alone. This is not worshipping in the car. This is not multitasking and hanging out the washing and praying or painting my walls and praying, which I might have been doing this weekend. This is distraction-free space, alone with my God carving out this time. And how I get there, well, it's going to be different for everybody. How you get there is going to be different to how I do. Maybe for you it's nature. It's a walk down the beach, a walk in the bush. Maybe it is prayer. You are a prayer person. It is on your knees. It is deep. Maybe it's praying out the Psalms, making it personal between you and God. Maybe you are a pray in tongues person, full of the Holy Spirit in this manner, and this is your entry into the secret place. Maybe you praise. You want to shout some praise, declare God's name, lift him high and that's the way in. Maybe it's worship, maybe it's a playlist, maybe it's worshipping from your heart, maybe it's seeking God and his word through one verse that you meditate on or a deep Bible study. Maybe it's taking communion with whatever you have in hand. And if 2020 has taught us one thing, it is that we can do all these things at home, right? We can have hot cross buns as our communion. Yes, we did. We have beautiful YouTube worship that our team, hello, how amazing are they, have produced for us to worship in our own homes. So we can do this remaining in him, seeking his presence, finding the secret place, at our homes. God invites us to do this. Jeremiah 33 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. I know that there's some of us sitting here today that have things on our heart that we just don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to do this year. I don't know what's next. 
God in his grace wants to reveal those things to us. And he says in Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. We have promises that this place exists. This throne room exists. That's mentioned in Hebrews 4, where we get to walk in freely and boldly and find grace and well-timed help and all the love we can imagine. A few years ago when Kathy Clancy was here, I had the privilege of her praying for me and singing over me. And she sings prophetically. And in that moment, I had a vision as I, my eyes were closed of myself entering the throne room and Jesus meeting me there. Oh, we're going to cry. And it was beautiful and it was personal and it was amazing. And I know that there are people today who are hungering for that, that you want to know that this place is real, that this presence of God is real. And I just encourage you, ask God to show you because the reason he gave me that vision was to give me a new hunger for his presence, to deep dive into that place, to know how to run freely and boldly into his throne room. Because this is the place we know Jesus loves us. This is where we are equipped. It's a place of answers and inspiration. It is for rest and refreshing. Remaining is what we need. You might say, that's cool for you, Genevieve. You're a pastor. You know how to do this. It's easy. No. Distraction-free time is not easy. It's really hard to carve out. But do you know something? If I'm watching a movie and I'm interrupted... That doesn't mean I fail to finish the movie. I might pause it, I might rewind it a bit, have a look, catch up, but I will pursue the end of that film. How much more do I need to pursue my God than watching a movie? What are we doing with our time? Let's learn to remain. Secondly, we need to learn how to let God remain in us. And you know, he comes in at that moment of salvation. And as Pastor Cherry preached last week, we can be filled with his spirit. So God is with us and he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. But the degree of fruitfulness in our lives is entirely dependent on how much lordship we give to him and how we learn to hear his voice and obey it how we learn to follow. And you know, I used to scoff at people praying for car parking bays, but I prayed and I asked God, help me hear your voice better. So it happened in a car park. God said, drive down the second aisle, park in the middle and wait. So I'm sitting there. There's no car parking bays. It's full. It's Karen up. They're renovating. It was, you know, messy. I'm there. I'm remaining. I'm waiting. To the point one of my kids said, Mum, what are you doing? And then the next couple out of those doors came right to a car and I got my car parking bay. And you know something? The only reason God did that was to show me he wants to be a part of my life. He wants me to listen, to allow him to be Lord in every single detail, the big, the small, the lot. Because this is how we hit the year hot people. We remain in God and allow him to remain in us as Lord, not just Saviour, but Lord as well. Let's pray. Mighty God, I thank you. I thank you that you long to be in rich relationship, a two-way relationship with us where we remain in you and seek you. Seek you just for who you are. Seek your face. Seek your presence and your spirit. And Lord, I pray that those that are feeling dry, that have been a little disconnected, part-time branches in the vine, that you would fill them right now in the name of Jesus that you'd help us to connect back into the vine today if that's been us, if we've been living our lives in our own strength, in our own ways, if we've been fearful of where you would lead us. We put that fear down right now and we surrender again. 
if we've been living selfishly and enjoying it, Father, I say, help us. Help us to put aside those distractions of the world and connect into the vine again today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 How good is our God? Awesome. And for part two this morning, please might welcome our awesome young adult leader, Tom Hawkes. Thank you. Let's give it up, Pastor Genevieve. Incredible word. Such a spiritual lady. Amazing. And how emotional has today been so far? I'm like, I'm not usually a crier, but who knows? I mean, I mean, watching the Goulds baptize their kids, oh, that got me. That cracked me. I was just thinking about my son, Leo, and just, yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. No, I don't do that. I'm not about that. Anyway, good morning, church. And <clears throat> Sorry, you have to excuse me if I, if I need to clear my throat now and then. But my name is Tom, if you don't know me. And as Pastor Genevieve said, me and my wife, Michaela, we lead our young adults here at C3 Hepburn Heights along with our cheeky chunky, fat little kid. He's got a skate park of a head. He's looking cute today, though. I love him. Leo Brooklyn Hawks. What a king. He's so confused. But he loved the lights. He loves the lights. And so I just want to share today what the Holy Spirit's been impressing on me since the start of this year. And that is out of Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 2. It'll come up on the screens. And it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. Come on. And you know what? It's much easier to run a race without someone holding you back, without someone holding onto you, without someone in the lane next to you trying to kick you and trip you up. Does anyone remember the potato sack races when you're a kid? What was the point? I, I mean, I, they were just, they were the worst. I didn't like them at all. And you always had to do, I was the kid with the, I, got a, I ran a race sticker. Probably that was me. I didn't get the ribbons and now I have a deep sort of seated hatred for that race. But do kids still do it? Does this still happen? I'm like, where did they get potato sacks from? Where? Anyway, spud shed. That's it. That was Pastor Ben's joke, by the way. Credit where credit's due. And if we want to run this race well, we need to be able to throw off the things that are holding us, that are weighing us down, that are entangling us, that are trying to trip us up. The sin that so easily entangles. The sin that so easily entangles. It's funny that it's the, it easily entangles. We so easily fail to these things, fall into these everyday traps, these things like comparison, these things like insecurity, these things like frustration, temptation, apathy, self-focused living. We so easily fall into these traps. And you can be a Christian for 20 plus years, and some of us here are, and have been living faithfully, living strong, but you can be a Christian for so long and, sh- and think, surely these things should be off my life. Surely I should have a grasp on top of these things. But if you ask someone who's been here for 30 years, they'll probably say, no, it doesn't happen like that. Because the key isn't just rocking up to church. The key isn't just coming to church. The key isn't just calling yourself a Christian. The key isn't just pushing and persevering through it. But we need to intentionally time and time and time time again, throw off everything that hinders, throw off everything that entangles. And to do that, we need to recognize the things that entangle us. Does that make sense? We need to recognize the things that actually entangle us. And when Michaela and I last year, when we found out we were pregnant, we were pretty, we, we I mean, I was there, but she was the one who had to deal with all that. That was, 
That was cool for me, but we're pretty early on. And it's our first kid. It's our first kid, and we didn't know what we needed. We didn't know what, what to do, what was on our shopping list of, I mean, what do you get a baby? What do they really need? And so we went, we were just bored. And I don't know if you guys, when you're bored, do you go window shopping? Like we just go, sometimes we often, what Michaela's favorite place, we'll just go to Freedom and just look at all the stuff we can't buy. <laughs> and we'll just have a, uh, an afternoon. And it, yeah, you feel good and bad. It's up and down, but it's life to the full. And so we went for a browsing only experience at Baby Bunting. Come on, Baby Bunting. It's like the one-stop shop for babies in Perth if you're aware. And so we had never been, we didn't know what we needed. We didn't know, there was nothing in particular that we were looking for. We just figured, let's go have a look. And so we drive there, we get out the car. She hobbles out the car. No, she's not our pregnant yet. She's all good. And then we get in the store and just boom, we're just immediately overwhelmed because the place is like Bunnings for babies. It's massive. It's just real, it's like gun racks of swaddles and stuff. And we're like, what's hat? I don't know what I need. I'm just seeing price tags and I'm panicking. I'm sweating. You know, like they come up to you and they're like, oh, how can I help? They're like, are you okay? Because I'm just sweating and clearly in a panic. I'm looking pale, paler than normal. And then, so we get out of there. We had a little quick look and then we got out of there. We had to get a coffee to calm down. Which doesn't really make sense, does it? Millennials. So we didn't know where to start. We didn't know where to start. We didn't know what we needed. And so we actually had to leave, do some research, actually ask some people around us who had kids, ask some people and figure out, you know, what we should be looking for before we went back there again. And we had to ask some people to get some outside perspective, to get some outside insight so that we knew what to look for. And when it comes to recognizing, and this is where it ties, this, when it comes to recognize the things that are entangling us in our lives, it can be overwhelming. You know, it can feel like a warehouse full of things, of hurts and emotions and feelings and, 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 and sin and things that have been tripping you up. And there's often a lot of things happening all at the same time. And I think we can say that safely about 2020. What a weird place to live in that, that, this period of time. It's often a where do I even start sort of situation. But if we want to be able to do this well, we need the help of Holy Spirit. Where's Cherry at? Yeah, Pastor Cherry, she loves the Holy Spirit. We all do. And if we want to throw off the things that are holding us back, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. We need to invite Him into our hearts, into our minds, into our lives. And in Psalm 139, verses 23 to 24, it says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And as we pray this prayer, as we invite God into our hearts to search us, to test our thoughts, to test our opinions, to test our attitudes, to test how we're handling situations, to search every ugly habit, to search every hurt and offense in our heart, our offensive ways, to every locked door. By the Holy Spirit, He can speak to us. He can heal us. He can illuminate the patterns and the habits that need the change and the attitudes that need some shifting. He can bring freedom for us for the things that we've been holding for too long. He can bring healing in us and he, he can help us to throw off those things that are entangling us. And maybe there's some things that have built up in us over the past year or so. Maybe there's some things that have broken down in us over the past year or so where we know we could be living better in that space. If we want to hit the year hot, we need the Holy Spirit. We need to invite him in to search our hearts, test our thoughts, find any offensive ways in us. And it's a simple prayer. It's a simple prayer. 
It's a waiting. It's a silence. It's a quiet space. And when I take a a quiet moment to invite the Holy Spirit to search my heart regularly, to test my thoughts, to find any offensive and selfish ways in me, I feel the peace of God. I feel a sense of clarity and conviction that I didn't have before. I can feel frustration melt away. I can feel the heaviness fall off. And it, it empowers us to let go as we invite Him in. And it helps us to take our eyes off of ourselves, off of our situations, off of our muck, to take our eyes off of that and to fix our eyes on Jesus. Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. And what does it really mean to fix our eyes? I Googled it. It, it seems silly. It seems silly to Google a three-letter a three letter word that you just, you just know. But I Googled it because that's an ex-uni student. And so that's what you do. When you're writing an essay, you want extra words. So you just Google it and you copy and paste it in. And the definition of what it means to fix is to fasten something securely in a particular place or position. That's the number one definition that comes up. I thought it was going to be like repair something. It wasn't. It was to fix, to fasten something securely in a particular place or position. And I had this picture as I was praying. I had this picture as I was writing this message. And I want you to go with me on this because it's a little weird. But I want you to see yourself swinging on a rope. And I seem to remember maybe like a few years ago, Pastor Jace swinging across here on, on, on a rope. And I was like, is that a fever dream? I don't remember. That was... Powerful message, I'm sure. And there was a door. He smacked Yeah. <laughs> but I want you to picture yourself. You're swinging on the rope. And you're at the bottom of the rope. You're holding on, swinging. And you want that rope to be fastened to a secure anchoring point. Because the rope is like our life. And this is the, the message I had. That the rope is like our life. A swinging, often disorienting, dizzying experience where we have limited control. I mean, we can control how strongly we choose to grip that rope. We can choose, you know, our position on the rope. Some people are clinging on for dear life and some people are swinging their legs out trying to go faster and get more momentum on it. But what matters more than how you grip the rope is where you're choosing to fix it. What you decide to tie around as your anchoring point. Because some things can look secure like money or health or finance or career or family. And these are good things and these are things that we can strive for. These are things that we can want to achieve, but it's not the ultimate thing. These things can actually in reality be like shifting rocks and fixing our eyes on Jesus is choosing to set our thoughts, our attitudes, our actions and the way we live to be anchored around Jesus. In Hebrews 6.19, the Amplified, it says, this hope, Jesus Christ, this confident assurance we have as an anchor of the soul, it cannot slip and it cannot break down under whatever pressure bears upon it. He does not slip. Jesus doesn't slip. Jesus doesn't break under pressure. He will not leave you or forsake you. He does not change with the winds of the economy. He does not change based on your family circumstances or situations. He does not change, but He is the hope that we can anchor our lives on, that we can fix our lives and we can fix our eyes on. He is the one who is faithful, He is good, who we can trust, who we can believe in. Jesus is the hope and the anchor of our soul. And when we're fixed on Jesus, we can then run our circumstances through the filter of who He is run our relationships through the filter of who He is, run our opinions through the filter of who Jesus is, and we see things different. 2021, we can begin to see again with eyes of faith. We can believe with eyes of faith. We can be filled with grace and we can treat people with love and we can be empowered to be the men and the women and the people that He's called us to be. And the problem is, there's, there's always a problem, The problem is that there's so many things vying for our attention and our fixation and our flesh often feels stronger than our spirit. The problem I realize I have is that I have more intention than drive. 
I have more intention than drive. I have more good, righteous, radical ideas of how I should act, speak, and live than the strength in my own ability to actually go and do those things. I get in the shower and I just think and I come out and I'm like, Mickey, we need to open seven more bank accounts. I'm going to go for a run at 3 a.m. every morning. I'm getting fit this year. Who's still got their resolution from the start of the year? I don't even remember it. Pray for me. But the thing is, the drive of your feelings can often trump your intentions, and the drive of our flesh can often overwhelm our good intentions, and the drive of your frustration can trump your intentions to be a better spouse or a more loving husband or wife. The drive of your pride can trump your intentions to compare yourself to others less. The drive of your complacency and apathy can trump our intention to actually put work and put effort into studying for uni or coming to a connect group or rocking up on church on a Sunday. And thank you for being here today. Packed house. Amazing. If we want to be the people that he's called us to be, we need to relentlessly refix our eyes from what we're feeling to what we're believing in Jesus' name. Because I might be feeling the drive of temptation in this moment, but I'm believing and I'm an overcomer and more than a conqueror in Jesus' name. I'm feeling anxious in this season because of the circumstances around me, but I'm believing for the peace of God that transcends all understanding to stitch itself into the fabric and the DNA of who I am. I'm feeling let down by life, but I'm believing that God has a plan and a purpose for my family. I'm feeling doubt, but I'm believing in faith that I'm going to hold unswerving to the hope that I profess because He who promised is faithful. We need to relentlessly refix our eyes from what we're feeling to what we're believing this year and let faith rise up in us again to be the people of God He's called us to be, to live a life worthy of His call, to live life to the full and take a hold of His Word and declare it over our life, to take a hold of His victory and declare it over our life, to believe wholeheartedly in who Jesus is, to throw off the muck to throw off the things that would entangle us and hinder us and hold us back from running this race marked out for us with perseverance and with strength. And the thing is as well, is that He's already fixed on you. He's already fixed on you. He was fixed on you when He went to the cross. His eyes are fixed on you when He gave Himself up, surrendered His own life poured it out on the cross for us so that we could have freedom, so that we could have relationship with Him, so that we could be filled with His love, so that we could have purpose. And maybe you don't have a sense of God in your life and your eyes are on other things. Maybe you've been on a search for what God looks like to you. You might have been the church before and decided it's not for you, but if you're here this morning, can I encourage you today to open your heart to God? to open your mind to God because He is real, because He is Jesus, He is the Father, He is the Holy Spirit. And if you want to hit the year hot, let's get right with God. That's a good start. If you want to hit the year hot, let's get right with God. If you want a year of purpose and calling and strength and healing, Jesus, John, Jesus wants to meet you where you are today. Jesus wants to meet you where you are today. And in the seat pocket in front of you, we've got these little next steps cards. I just want everyone to just grab it in front of you. If you don't have one, I mean, ask someone or unlucky, but if we take a hold of this next steps card right now. And whether you've been coming to this church for years or today is your first time in church in a very long time or ever, 
If you feel and know in your heart that you don't have a real relationship with God in your life and you want to start or restart that relationship today to make a step towards Jesus, to let Him in, to be your Savior, to be your Lord, to declare that you believe in Him and be a follower of Jesus, we would love you to actually just fill out that card, to take a moment to to fill it in. And at the end of the service, you can put it in the Grace to Give box out in the foyer. And it's not so that we can trap you and add you to a mailing list or something or like, you know, sell your information to someone. I don't know. People get sketchy. But it's so that we can come alongside you. So we can know you're making that decision. We can believe in you. We can pray with you. We can encourage you because we're not meant to do this alone. We're not meant to do this alone. Did you see the celebration of water baptisms today? That's who we are. We love that you're making a decision to follow Jesus. And we want to be able to encourage you and believe with you in that and help you take some next steps. And so take a minute. I'm just going to pray while we, while, uh, while we wrap this up. I'm going to pray and take a minute to fill that in or take a minute afterwards, whenever you want. We, we can't encourage you enough that it's the best decision that you could make to let God into your life. So why don't we pray? Just close your eyes or open them if you're filling in the card. Fair enough. Jesus, we praise you. You are the pioneer and perfecter of faith. You are the person that we fix our eyes on. We thank you that you see us, that you love us unconditionally, that you fill us with purpose. You fill us with love. You fill us with everything we need and everything we need is in you. We thank you that you came so close to us, that you went to the cross so that we could have real, authentic, deep relationship with you and with your Holy Spirit. Jesus, help us to fix our eyes on you. Help us to fix our eyes on you. Help us to take a hold of your strength, of your victory, of your power, of your love, and help us to anchor the core of who we are on all that you are, Jesus. Help us to recognize the things entangling us this year and time and time again, throw it off as I refix our eyes on you. And I pray that you would fill every person here with your presence, with your power, with your love and with your spirit in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.